Hi there. I'm Dr. Sarah Wilson, naturopathic doctor, author, practice mentor, researcher, and passionate connector of the dots of health. As the medical director of Advanced Women's Health and the founder of Naturopathic Clinical Mentorship, I help patients and practitioners to deeply understand the connection between hormones and inflammation so that they can improve their most complex health concerns or cases. Advanced Women's Health, the podcast, is a space for practitioners and discerning health consumers to learn about cutting-edge research in the area of women's health. Before we get started, though, let's set the ground rules. This information is not meant to diagnose or treat. I am a doctor, but not your doctor. I completely understand that you're going to want to implement some of these strategies. We are talking about really compelling stuff, but please always do so with a medical practitioner's support. So let's dive in. In today's episode, I wanted to try something a little bit different in honor of the upcoming AWT course. I wanted to walk you guys through what it looks like to work together in case collaboration because for so many of us, we haven't done any of this since we left school. And we had that environment where you sat down, you talked about your cases, and people really led you in one direction or another when you were headed astray. And so I really think Think there's a huge value to that. And I, well, I know there's a huge value to that, not only with working with so many practitioners historically, but also with constantly getting asked questions. Um, you guys hit me up in my DMs 24 seven, asking me about my opinions on different cases. And so I wanted to test out a new format and just see how it goes when we talk about cases on this podcast. And so today, what I'm going to do is walk you through a case that I saw recently, and I will tell you the way my mind process went and the way if different questions were important and why I think they were important. And then you guys can in turn tell me if one you guessed what was going on, which I think is really important. And two, um, if you like the format, because they're not going to be super long, I hope that they're really high impact. And it's really fun for me to get to present these different fun things that I see in my practice all day, every day. So let me know. Always let me know on Instagram, Facebook, you can always send me an email as well. And just say one, did you guess what was going on with this patient? And two, do you want me to do more of these case style um, episodes? So today, I'm going to present a case. So this woman was a 45-year-old female. Um, she had she had seen a lot of other allied healthcare professionals. Um, I was her third or fourth naturopathic doctor. Um, she'd also seen physio, osteo, chiro, um, many, many other things. And essentially, the symptoms I'm about to tell you about onset a few years before she came into my office. And so, so like I said, 45-year-old female, sudden onset of fatigue, vertigo, um, palpitations, and she would just pass out randomly. So she, it, it happened in so many different environments that it wasn't even one thing. And she kept going to the medical providers and they were saying, oh, it's anxiety. You had an anxiety attack. That's probably what's going on. So other things that she noted um, that were kind of bothersome um, or relevant, and then I'll go through the different things that I pulled out. So she had noted that there was ringing in her ears for, quote unquote, a while. 
timelines are very important. <laughs> you will come to appreciate that if you ever work with me. I'm bugging. I'm like, and what happened? And what happened then? And what happened then? And what happened then? Uh, so timeline's very, very important here, but she couldn't pull it out. She just said, ah, while. Um, she has three children, supportive partner, low stress, because these are things that people had told her about in the past, right? Oh, you're probably just stressed. She said she rated her stress three out of three or four out of 10. Um, very low stress environment. Um, her kids were active, not crazy active, good in school, no behavioral issues. Um, and again, her partner was very, very involved. So she felt good about all of that. Digestion, she did have some bloating and some gas. Um, she did claim that her bowel movements were quote unquote normal. And what's always the question, the next question, my bowel movements are normal, right? Normal and common are very different things. This patient had a bowel movement every two or three days. Not normal, common not normal. Um, she had anxiety that was increasing and she couldn't figure this out. Again, everyone said, oh, see, I told you, told you, panic attacks, anxiety, vertigo is giving you anxiety, mental health issue. Here's some medication. She had tried medications in the past, had made no difference. Um, she tried naturopathic quote unquote medications as well not made a difference. Um, her anxiety, interestingly enough, had no correlation to what happened in the day. So she said she would sit there um, and one night would have a really stressful day. She would have had heart palpitations, vertigo issues all, all day. And then no anxiety, like feel really good. Sleep was always fine. So that wasn't a big issue, but just everything felt fine. Then she would have another day where she would feel constantly just revved, um, still was able to sleep at night, but just that that experience of the day was almost like looking for an issue. So that's what she expressed as her main concerns. Other relevant history, always again asking what changed. And so when you're asking what changed, these are the things that I want you to think about. So when we're talking about what changed, what types of questions are you asking? Because if you say, oh, did anything change? Payson's going to be like, probably not. I don't remember. It's a few years ago. So you have to get more detailed in that. Um, and part of those questioning is what changed in your home? What changed in your workplace? Did you have a kid? Did you like change? Did your kids go to school? Um, all these things that don't seem relative. Did you get a virus that you feel like you never recovered from? Were you bit by anything? Was there any chemicals exposures? Did you guys have a flood? Was there mold? Are we looking at that? Really pull out the ton of detail. Ask as many questions as you can ask about the period of onset because 99% of the time there is something there. I would say 80 75 to 80% of the time I get it out in my office because I sit there and I just write it, write it, write it, write it, write it. The other percentage of the time they come back to me and they'll have remembered after they left. So on their second visit, they're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that that was a period of time that my mom got sick and I got in a car accident. It wasn't a significant car accident. It was just minor, but I think the stress of my mom being unwell flared that and they totally forgot, right? So there's something that they didn't know is related or important that happened. Other relevant history that we have to pull out in every single case like this is the children timeline. So from this side of the equation, a lot of immune system things happen when kids are conceived and carried, whether to term or not, 
and then born. Um, And so we're going to talk about that actually in next week's episode. We're going to talk about some of the immune system responses that happen because I think it's really important to understand that given what we do and how hormones and inflammation interact. But that is really, really critical to pull out. What other things would you be asking this patient about? So again, reminder, 43, sudden onset fatigue, vertigo palpitations, um, passing out, ringing for a while, low stress, digestion is kind of an issue, um, anxiety increasing, sleep fine. So I really want you to think here for a second. What do you think is going on? Because when I see the symptom pattern, I can tell you the majority of the time I already have a really rich DDX list and I'm like, okay, perfect. I think I know what's going on ask a few other questions, make sure that I'm not making coming up to a conclusion too early because that's always a risk in our profession, every profession, right? Is you're like, oh, here's my diagnosis. Um, you really can't prematurely jump to those conclusions, but you should have something in the top of your head right now. And for all the people who've taken my course who are listening to this, you better be shouting. <laughs> and if you're not, you let me know because I have more work to do. So, Then we're going down. Things that I ask about. Joint pain. Does this patient have any joint pain? Why are you asking that question? Her answer was no. But why are you asking that question? Joint pain is related to so many conditions. It's related to Lyme disease, chronic viruses. It's related to autoimmune conditions. It's related to the itty-bitty committee inflammatory response, right? So these are things we need to ask about. There was nothing there. Rashes. Why are we asking about that, right? No rashes in this situation. But again, we should be thinking about things like lupus. We should be thinking about bites. We should be thinking about the inflammatory response and what happens in the inflammatory response when someone is really sensitized to different allergenic components, potentially. Um, That's something that we should be thinking about. Infections. So did she have any infections at that time? Did she have any infections historically? That can be classic infections like mono, CMV, Lyme, um, that can be herpes viruses, that can be something that we're looking at, like, did you get traveler's diarrhea? You can ask all of these different questions about that timeline. Then, migraines, right? Headaches, migraines, this can be really, really telling. There's very specific things that can contribute and cause migraines and headaches. So this patient, yes, has migraines, has always had them now. So what are you thinking about with migraines and headaches? And when I normally, when I ask people that question, the number one answer that I get is, oh, it's probably estrogen. Maybe, maybe not, right? There's a lot more to migraines than that. Then we always, it's our lovely ladies, right? We always have to ask about periods. So there is definitely pain with her periods. Um, and she's starting to get cyclically heavy than light, heavy than light, a little bit more range. So it used to be pretty spot on 28, 29, now 27 to 35. What do you ask based on that? So heavy light periods were like, mm, interesting. Okay. Starting to range. Interesting. 45. Do you think she's menopausal? Ask yourself that question. Um, then you ask, of course, about hot flashes, night sweats. She is having them, but told it was too early for her to do any testing for menopause. It was impossible that she was going through menopause. So, of course, I ask, when does your mom go through menopause? And that whole family history, uh, mom went through at 50, but did have some health stuff going on. Then we ask about fertility history. So oftentimes when you have a patient who you're like, okay, perfect, you have 
three children. Great. I'll, oftentimes I hear from practitioners, they don't ask a lot of questions about that experience. So they'll be like, oh, were your labors difficult? Or was it hard to get pregnant? Um, even those are better than no questions. Because I've had patients historically who have two or three children. And I don't think I now do much, much more, but I don't think to ask questions about how many children they hope to have. Because I had a patient who had two children and wanted to have six, and she wasn't able to. And so you could easily miss that because your assumption is that people want a small family in today's day and age. So that's just something to be very aware of. And in this patient's history, no issue getting pregnant with one, it was like, boom, baby. Second, took longer, 12 months. Um, Then she had two miscarriages, and then got pregnant with her third after 18 months. Um, That's not including the miscarriages. Didn't want fertility treatments. Um, So she didn't pursue that with any of the longer, took longer to get pregnant cases. But she did um, definitely have kind of worse pregnancy the last one she had more more hypertension she had swelling she had pain um so definitely didn't feel good in that last pregnancy and so these are things that we need to think about like okay what is involved what immunological processes are involved going between baby one baby two baby three and what can contribute to pregnancies getting worse so as you'll see, she didn't have preeclampsia. Um, but as you will see, as we talk about next week, there are some immune states that predispose you to having a worse pregnancy the first one. So getting preeclampsia the first time, and then you can get better. But then there's also other environments where autoimmune conditions, ding, 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 hint, hint, are triggered. And then moving forward with periods of hormonal and inflammatory changes, those autoimmune conditions get worse or rear their ugly heads because the predisposition has been seeded. So that's obviously something that if you guys weren't already thinking about it right away in this case presentation, you should be very very much into at this present moment. So those are a lot of the questions I asked. Um, Her weight was increasing, but she did stop working out because obviously with the vertigo and things like that. Um, Other questions I asked were about neurological changes. So no numbness, no tingling, no vision changes, no other changes. So I wasn't concerned about MS or anything along that lines. But those are the things that we pulled out in a nutshell in my discussions with her. So your DDX list right now, uh, I want you guys to think about it. Even if you're driving, like if you are not driving, pause this, write them out. What would you do for testing? What would you be thinking about? What types of things would you want to investigate in this patient's case? So I'll give you a second if anyone does want to pause that before I dive into what I did. So High, high, high on my DDX list was thyroid issues, thyroid autoimmunity. We know that it's like one in eight women have some kind of postpartum thyroid issue now. It's quite quite a thing. Um, and when we're testing antibodies, we do see quite significant changes in thyroid antibodies. In general, this looks autoimmune to me. Um, I see vertigo and palpitations and blood pressure issues all the time in thyroid conditions. We also need to think about viral things, right? So oftentimes we don't know if we've been bit by something. I would say most of the time we don't know. Um, Or if you've gotten a virus that's now reactivating and just popping its ugly head up, that's something to think about. Um, There's all kinds of viruses that can present with this type of condition. You also should be thinking about POTS because it's like, okay, well, she's having significant palpitation. She's having blood sugar or not blood sugar, but changes in her blood pressure that's significant enough that she feels like 
she could pass out a lot of the time. Ian does pass out repeatedly. Um, that's something you could think about. Blood sugar regulation, always something that should be high on your list of things to check. But when I'm condensing my panel here, I'm like, okay, perfect. What's the most important thing? We had a list of basic blood work from MD. That was all quote unquote clear-ish, meaning there's definitely things to treat, but nothing that I thought could be causing this whole picture. So I'm thinking autoimmune. Um, I'm thinking thyroid for sure. So what other things should we be thinking about? When we're looking at autoimmune, what types of things are you testing? So if you are testing anti-TPO, anti-TG, TSH, TPO, TG, right? Or (laughs) TSH, T3, T4, I really wanted to cover those antibodies. You can do reverse T3, may or may not be important in this patient situation. We're thinking about inflammatory markers, C-reactive proteins. We're looking at erythrocyte sedimentation rate. Would you be looking at rheumatoid factor? That's an autoimmune condition, right? You could screen for that. Would you be looking for anti-nuclear antibodies? I would say probably no to the rheumatoid factor because of the lack of joint issues. Um, I almost always do throw in an ANA because... To me, ANA is just a promiscuous immune response. It could be so many different things, but um, it's something that oftentimes does come positive. We also need to think about vitamin D, right? Very important controller of the immune system. Um, Her ferritin level was fine. Her CBC was okay. Um, But those are things you should check and look into B12. There's a whole list of other things that you could look at, but as a basic, that's really important. Other things to look at, especially in this patient's case with cardiovascular stuff going on, post-pregnancy things going on, um, is antiphospholipid antibodies, anti-cardiolipid antibodies. Research is also showing that migraines are often, not often, but can be autoimmune and those things can come up. So that's really important to consider and think about in these patient populations. These are antibodies that are often just saved for recurrent pregnancy loss, but they don't need to be. They have many, many implications further down the line. And I have patients who've been diagnosed with that in their fertility treatments, but it's part of a whole skew of autoimmune conditions um, and then is ignored down the road. They don't really know what to do to treat it. So these are things that I think we should really take within our responsibility and think about. And then looking at this patient's results. So she did have high anti-TG, anti-TPO. She had high antiphospholipid antibodies. Cardiolipin was fine. Um, she Her vitamin D was low. So she is inflammatory in general. And so that's something that if we didn't know and treat that, then that patient would just continue, which is why she'd seen so many other NDs giving her iron and licorice and hoping that it went away when there was another fundamental organic process. This wasn't adrenal. It's not her anxiety that's causing this. There's something underlying everything that's contributing forward. Her thyroid hormones were also not the worst, but they weren't the best and needed support. So that's really how in order to get her better, which she is significantly better now, we needed to understand what was going on and actually treat the microbiome, treat the immunological responses, treat the autoimmunity so that she could get her inflammation down and get her symptoms down. Um, So the passing out type symptoms, they passed pretty quickly, right? So within less than a month, energy was better. Um, She wasn't actually passing out. The vertigo got a little bit better, but it really does take three months or so, even according to the research timeline and what I see in my practice, to get this significantly under control. So I hope that 
putting those pieces of the puzzle together um, was helpful for you. And I really, again, you're going to see a lot of these cases and I don't want you to be one of the NDs that this woman saw before getting to me. I want you guys to be the investigators. So often we assume, oh, as you're going through, you might even have thought, oh, wow, nice for you. The patient's willing to pay for all that test. I would be great at my job if a patient would pay for my tests. But if you don't communicate the value, then the patient's not going to understand what they can get. And I can tell you that patient would have been very grateful to save thousands of dollars to spend a couple hundred on testing. So all in all, I hope that that redirected your mind when you see patients like that and you're like, oh, interesting. Okay. I think I need to get to the bottom of this um, because we can do that and we can be that person. I hope that it inspires you to think a little bit differently and continue to listen and do more research because there's a lot of conditions that we are sweeping over and being like, oh, vertigo is caused by this. Migraines are caused by this. And it's like, no, no, no. There's so much more that we can pull out and treat for those patients. And two, I hope it helps you to to realize how powerful our treatments can be when we nail down what is going on. This is why I love research, right? Because I can say to a patient with a timeline, this is probably what's going to happen. This is how we're going to do boom, 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 and great. Um, so I, I hope that, that was inspiring and helpful. Let me know. Do you like hearing about my patient cases? Um, is that something that did really help you or also let me know. If you're like, no, I totally nailed that. I knew exactly from the moment you started talking what was going on. I knew how I was going to treat it. This patient would have been great in my care because that inspires me. That makes me super, super happy to hear those things. So all in all, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and let me know. I have heard from so many of you already that you love the podcast and you've given me topic suggestions, which I'm definitely going to implement, which is fantastic. Um, But I can't wait to hear more about what types of different episodes you like. So I will talk to you soon and enjoy the rest of your lovely day or night. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would love a review because that is how more people find out about us and ultimately get well. If you are a medical practitioner and you're interested in taking one of my courses to learn how to implement these research strategies, see naturopathicmentorship.com. If you're a patient, we have a couple of options. I can try to hook you up with one of my trained practitioners, or alternatively, if you have a practitioner you love, I do offer one-on-one consults about your case to support that practitioner in learning further. For more information on these strategies, see the show notes. And finally, if you just want to keep in touch, I am always active on Instagram and Facebook, and I look forward to connecting with you there. Have a great day and be well.